You are listening to the Dylan Tons Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Jim Salvucci, and welcome to our Million Dollar Bash Roundtable. It's that Million Dollar Bash. Today we're talking about the World of Bob Dylan Conference that took place in Tulsa in June of 2023. For those of you who may not have been able to make it, the World of Bob Dylan Conference was held simultaneously with a cultural event called Switchyard. At the beginning of this discussion, you'll hear us grappling with the distinction between Switchyard and the world of Bob Dylan. You'll first hear from Nina Goss, then the next voice you'll hear is me, followed by Erin Callahan, Court Carney, Grayley Hearn, and finally Rob Virginio. I hope you enjoy it. Let us know what you think. I w- was disappointed by the whole mashup thing. I did not think that I was very disappointed that the whole Dylan world was uh, kind of awkwardly subordinated to whatever this switchyard business was. And I thought that there was not uh, there was no presence from the center or the archives as there had been in the first conference. There was there was. no interchange uh, between us and this and the center. There was the um, I the the different venues were such a pleasure in the first um, conference and really just in general. I thought this it the world of Dylan was ill served by being. Um, awkwardly linked to this culture cultural festival as valuable as it is and that's really my i hope that in the future we will be have our own dylan verse in the future i mean would you be okay if if the integration were more um organic Let's say between Switchyard and and the Dylan Conference. What or, would that look like? I don't know. <laughs> I just made yeah. that up. But yeah. um, the but so, the idea that you know maybe 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 Switchyard has a more of a Dylan fo- or has a little bit more of a Dylan focus, not entirely. Um, I mean, it had Larry Campbell right was part of Switchyard, so that that's part of the Dylan verse. Um, we're going to use that term. But what about Switchyard? Anyone? I think maybe. It's growing pains because I, it did seem like Switchyard wasn't communicated, like what it was other than it was the conference. And then we got the book, the magazine. And so I think maybe they're just trying to figure it out and it hasn't been completely, you know, there you go. It hasn't completely been developed into what it's going to be. But I agree that having a cultural festival is important. It just seemed really disjointed from world of dylan and we were subordinated there in 2019 there was dylan stuff everywhere mm-hmm. and of course we missed 2021 because of the, of the lockdown and then last year it was just dylan and the beats but there was still that link with the center where we got complimentary tickets um and you know and it just seemed that there was more of a connection there and then i also think that one of my critiques was the cost of um, world of dylan we subsidized switchyard and I'm not quite sure, you know, the, I, I still am trying to figure out how that's all connected. Yeah, yeah. Well, 2019, we were definitely was a much more immersive Dylan experience. You couldn't escape it. <laughs> it was 
It was great that way. So any other thoughts about Switchyard and with Laura's Patreon, I was weirdly un- uncharacteristically positive. <laughs> and I, I think that my feelings are a little different. The more I think about it, I think there's a lot of positives we can talk about, but I think this part of it was pretty negative. And I think it kind of is a bad taste in my mouth. And I think it, I think, I think that's only grown with, with, with people in terms of looking back on it. Um, <clears throat> the Switchyard people didn't seem interested in the Dylan stuff at all. It was very separate. The Dylan, the Dylan side, there was no big, there was no welcoming. There was no center. There was no, uh, and Nina's right. There is no center, but there's no there's no center. Like there is just nothing. It was just a that lobby of a hotel, and there was no end. There was no there was no kind of like we're this is what we're doing. There was nothing like that at all. Um, <clears throat> I think if this was the first time going, you'd probably have overlooked it um, a little bit. But having been in nineteen, which was such a galvanizing, wonderful presence i was thinking too like if i didn't know anybody i don't think i would have left knowing anybody either um it just was i don't know i i I, i'm gonna bring uh jim i'm you're gonna bring the you're gonna give the negative side of me i gave i gave uh laura such positive upbeat voice memos that's what i bring out in people the best i was like well i think this is the time to to get into it no 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 but i agree with everything that people have been saying Grayley, what do you have to say? Uh, Yeah, I think more than anything, it was a communication breakdown because had we been informed in advance of the conference what Switchyard was and what the rationale for melding these two worlds together was, and had we had simple things like a big introductory session where we were all brought together in the same room and welcomed and had it explained to us what the idea behind this whole juggernaut was or a closing session that attempted to bring some of those strands together, even if you weren't personally present for all of them to see how they were in theory going to be interwoven together. There might've been better buy-in. And and I don't think of, I didn't have a completely negative experience with the switchyard part of it. I didn't take advantage of it as much as I probably could have or should have. But for instance, the Natasha Trethaway uh, uh, talk, uh, which uh, Jim uh, and Court, uh, we were sitting together. Others may have attended that as well. That was one of the best events of the whole weekend for me. And so the idea that had it not been for Switchyard, I wouldn't have had that experience makes me, that alone is enough to make me glad that they attempted this. But if I were being, uh, what, I don't know, less critical and more trying to generously assess what the thought process was, even though it was never explained to me, I would guess that a lot of it had to do with a complaint that we've all had over the years of how ridiculously white and ridiculously male-dominated Dylan studies and Dylan conferences are. And you can see from the lineup of Switchyard that that was definitely an attempt to diversify uh, the, the lineup of major speakers and hope, I suppose, hoping that uh, trailing along behind those major speakers would be would be people who attended the conference mostly to hear, say, a Natasha Trethaway or the author you saw in the last uh, event there, uh, Rob or you know a number of those speakers and then ideally 
they would have started, they would have attended some Dylan sessions and say, oh, this is interesting. And the idea would have been some kind of crossover effect uh, where these two groups were supporting each other and interested in what they were doing. That's not really how it played out for the most part. And so I don't know if that was a missed opportunity and they'll do a better job with next time or if they'll decide, oh, this was a disaster. We shouldn't even try to do this again. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But I agree that it didn't, whatever the theory behind it was, it was a very mixed result in terms of the execution uh, in 2023. Well, I would hope that the negatives would not push this off, though, because I think the positives could be built upon. And I think that the Tretaway was was foundational to this whole thing. And the New York Times piece that Aaron and I saw was really, really good. But I think it goes back to this other thing. Don't don't throw it out. But also, and, and Rob, I'm sorry, I, I didn't think that got you off. But the, the other thing, too, is like, if you're going to do this and you're going to have a concern about Dylan's studies, fucking talk about it. Have a gigantic, hard conversation this is the venue for it and say, okay, where are we? I think, I think the generational thing is real and great and really awesome, but the other stuff is there too. Have a conversation about it. And sort of this other thing that I think you're right about in terms of like fading it in a little bit. Yeah, I agree with you took the words out of my mouth court in, and, and, and I agree with Grayley as well. If there are ways to integrate the, other speakers that come in through Switchyard into some of the more pertinent and relevant and timely conversations going on in Dylan studies, that would be wonderful. And like uh, uh, Grayley mentioned about uh, Trethaway, the one of the highlights for me was the very last day. Uh, Valeria Lucelli's Echoes from the Borderlands, which was an incredibly stunning sound slash documentary portrait of the U.S.-Mexico border. And she actually admitted um, at the beginning of the talk, I'm not quite sure why I'm here, why they invited me. But um, uh, it was it was met with um, great enthusiasm and it was one of the highlights for me. And it specifically uh, going back to um, what, what, what Grayley and Court mentioned about the issues inherent in Dylan studies being very white, being very male, being very dominated by one particular generational point of view, this would be a perfect opportunity to spin off a kind of conversation. I mean, I could think about something, this is just off the top of my head right now, a roundtable about uh, Trethway, Lucelli, some of the other uh, uh, aspects of um, Switchyard that brought some of the issues in terms of history and memory to the table and how they play out in 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 Dylan studies. Um, that would be a, a kind of, you know, fix to kind of uh, smooth over some of these gaps between Switchyard and the world of Dylan. But I have to say that sounds very, uh, it sounds forced. And what would be the the link, what would be the foundational premise? Bob Dylan is all things to all people. So, so there's we. How can we in, incorporate this vastness we call Bob Dylan with with all these political and and uh, ethnic and uh, 
voices because Bob Dylan can speak to everyone. And here you just happen to be here in the room. And look, we can make Bob Dylan relevant to you and we can make you. That seems un, that it underserves the Lucellis and the Trethaways as well as Bob Dylan. We just happen to have this cultural, this diverse cultural festival. And we just have to have all these white male Bob Dylan scholars. Let's force them in a room together. And gee, look what, I don't know. Do you think that's, that's a point, a point, that's a point well taken. I don't care what the, you know, I don't. Yeah. It's a point. It's a. It's it's certainly a point well taken. One way of doing it is to uh, go back to what Court said and make the conversation part of the conference. Make you know have a more focused conference instead of D Dylan being all things to all people, and we're going to accept papers and have specific. Make it um, a much more focused conference in that we're going to focus on Dylan and race or Dylan and memory yeah, and history. I think and, they should. Tulsa, the place. Yeah. is the is the foundation, is the is the premise. What are we doing in Tulsa, Oklahoma? What is Bob Dylan doing in Tulsa, Oklahoma? And make that the root that the whole business flourishes from. Yeah, the, the Trethaway event was held at the Greenwood Cultural Center, um, which is, which you really didn't get to experience that. I mean, not that there's not that it's so interactive or anything. It's mostly just things hanging on the wall, but that was kind of blocked off by a bunch of chairs for some reason, that section. Um, but having it there, I thought was great. I was excited that it was there. Um, you know, cause that's, that's really the heart of this sort of Tulsa experience. I mean, there's the, there's the in, much more interactive, you know, built up, um, rising Greenwood or Green, Greenwood Rising um, Museum, but that is that's culturally fraught in in the Greenwood community. So having it at the cultural center was a brilliant masterstroke, I thought. But I didn't think it was capitalized on at all, even during the event. Um, Trethaway's poem was about the Tulsa massacre and about Tulsa, and it, and it was quite good. And her speech was quite good, and the host was excellent, um, and he explained switch yard a little bit i still don't quite get it but um it, you know but it wasn't it, but it didn't connect up at all in any way shape or form to the dylan conference at all the world of bob dylan and the trethaway event were just totally discrete events that might have had a crossover audience what a, th a thread that rob mentioned i think this is sort of this is sort of goes against i mean we kind of want to broaden things obviously you want a lot of people to come to it but one thing that could do is that the smaller version, the Dylan the Beats, was really well done. And it was the symposium style, which meant that you saw them. Because that was the other big complaint was conflicts. And and any conference of this size you're going to have, I get that, that. That's an impossibility. And I like, Nina, your point earlier about the different spaces that first time was really great. And I could see where they would say, well, if we don't do that, it'll make it easier. I, I could see that debate going on forever. Um, I agree that there is there is a really nice element with the museum and everything, but but maybe there is a, maybe a more focused piece. Maybe maybe instead of a themeless issue, it's but some maybe it's more specific. Um, I know, and, and y'all know that I, I had the the Woody Guthrie folks, and and they asked repeatedly, "What is Dylan Studies all about?" It seems to be something that we as a group would probably disagree with, but their take on it 
but generally it was like it's a very sort of traditionalist conservative group of people talking very traditionally and conservative like none of us would necessarily agree with in detail but that's kind of the take and i'm not going to sit there and say well actually you know i don't think that they're necessarily a bad take i mean it's not it's not it's not an attractive take. well when you have cass sunstein as one of your keynote speakers um it it, it kind of fl- <laughs> there's a flag right there that this is a rather uh uh you know he he considers himself left of center as he said but um when you've got Cass Sunstein this 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 uh neoliberal technocrat as one of your keynote speakers i mean Woody Guthrie would probably have something funny to say about that as uh uh your keynote speaker if Dylan studies as we consider it as something that's kind of um uh, uh vibrant and to borrow a term dishabituating um uh, uh that was problematic for me, but I'm not going to rant on the soapbox about that right now because I don't think that's the venue for it. But I will say, though, that every panel I saw, with almost no exception, was wonderful. Yeah, and I thought that panels were great. The, the, the big stuff, the small stuff, I thought that, uh, you know, Rob, the, the panel there was high art academic stuff. Like what y'all were doing was high art academic. It's not going to be something that everybody in that room or everybody in that conference is going to be like, this is for me. But that was a, those three papers were just the, the late period and the stuff on time and the, and the stuff you were doing was high level academic talk that you don't necessarily see that often. So I don't want to make it seem like it was needs to be less academic. I thought that was pitch perfect. And I don't think that there was any panel that I was like, what is this about? You know? Yeah. But there was also a lot of penalty to go to, so I was going to the one. So it has all the stuff there that can do something really, really wonderful. And there was a lot of wonderful pieces to it. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I think there is some meta meta work that probably has to happen. Just, just for anyone, for, for those in the in the audience listening to this or watching this, um, Court is referring to the panel that Rob and Nina were on with Anne Marie May on Saturday morning. Um, the, the title of which was, um, where is it? I just had it. Once Upon a Time, Bob Dylan Illuminated Through Three Temporal Frames. And it was a fascinating and really well done panel. So congrats. Those are the things, though. Those, those thoughts have stayed with me. And stuff that was at, at, at all, of all of our panels, obviously. But those that's the whole beauty of it. And I, I've gone back to those, those, those considerations, but the, the late period stuff in particular, that Nina was talking about, Anne-Marie's paper. I mean, those are the kind of things that this is so great about. You you leave and you go, I don't know anything about that. And then you leave and you're like, I got, I, I still don't know anything about that. But but uh, it seems really great. And I want to talk more about it. <laughs> the other panel, I mean, there, I, I agree that the panels were great. I, there was There was not a single panel that I sat through that I thought, oh, this is drudgery. Oh, why did I pick this panel? I should have been in the other. I mean, there were some tough choices. I mean, there was that. I wish I could have cloned myself and attended multiple ones. But on that last day, uh, the 80s, the 80s roundtable was fabulous. I loved it so much and such energy in the Q&A session. You realize this is what you want out of a roundtable. And and on the one hand, you know, I, I left there uh, just, you know, with 
pinballs bouncing in my head about uh, all the ideas and that there's so much to be done in rescuing the 80s and redefining the 80s and reassessing and appreciating the 80s. And a lot of it's going to be done by the people who are in that room, either sharing the ideas they already have about it or nurturing the seeds that are pl were planted in that room. And so thank you for organizing that and for having such a great session. And one of my first reactions was, oh, I wish this had been on day one instead of the last day because we could have gotten so much momentum out of it. But then thinking more about it, I probably it had to be the last day. I mean, that we were so, so immersed in this world by that point that it took uh, that complete immersion for finally us to just have found the venue in which we're all bouncing around with ideas. But that was a fantastic panel, too. I was so worried because it was late, late. It was the last one. And they changed the room. And I was like, well, this is, this is a disaster. And that turned out to be a really galvanizing moment too. And I think that that just kind of, again, I don't want to, Jim, you're making me negative. I'm trying to be very positive, but the gravitational pull here. No, no, no. I think this is what really makes it. I, I think that the, the audience there, I mean, I wish we could have done that for all of these panels. It just had 30 minutes of audience to chit chat. Yeah, watch out, Court. I'm a black hole of cynicism. So speaking of cynicism, what else? I mean, the panels were great. I agree. Um, un, you know, unlike the first one, the first one was a fabulous. The 2019 was fabulous. But I went to a couple panels and I was like, oh, man, I missed such and such to go to this one. Wow, what a waste. Um, that did not happen once. And that that's a that's a rarity among academic conferences, in my experience. But what else? What else did you take away? What else was great? Um, any individual papers, events, anything from Switchyard that you really enjoyed besides the, the Trethaway? I mean, Harry's Harry's paper on humor, Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan's humor was just genius. And he was funny while he was delivering it. And it was just, you know, it, it was one of the highlights for me. I think Grayley's panel with Laura on philosophy of modern song and how he kind of finds the threads. Um, these are all the highlights. But I think for me, like, the moments where we were just kind of all together in the same place was really that those were wonderful. But and also seeing what people are working on, kind of riffing off what Court said is like we all have such different approaches. And, you know, I, I'm not going I'll, I'll give Craig the the Craig Daniel off the credit for this. But he said there's this picture of Dylan that all of the ways that we approach him is filling in this picture that will give us a more comprehensive view of who he is. And like Court, you said, like maybe we don't understand what everyone's doing, but we still get the idea that there are all these, you know, different approaches kind of turning the crystal to look at Dylan. And it's really interesting to see how people approach him in ways that I would never think of. So I really appreciated that just being able to hear. And you're right. I wish I could clone myself so I could have been in all the panels. Can't. I just want to say again to praise that panel. What 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 the the Emery Nina Rob access? They you know what it shows me, and this is what it wasn't just them, and it was it was throughout. But there are infinite ways of getting a Dylan still, and there are some the Dylan the Beats. I still remember a couple of those papers that just really opened my brain. So like, well, this is this is 2022, and we're still coming up with new ways of looking at it. And I think that that's the exciting part. I mean, obviously, I love all of y'all, and talking to all of you and having all those conversations are all gratifying. Uh, and to have that as a collective is great too. And to walk away going, "Wow, we may never 
have a consensus. And how beautiful is that? That's the whole, that's the whole great part of it. And I would hate for us, I mean, I don't think we're at the canon stage anymore, but I think, I think destroying that in such a wonderful way is, is really cool. And you have so many people who are coming at it with their tool kits that are so different from mine and are saying things that are so valuable and interesting. And I think that's why I would never want to see this disappear. You know, that's, that's, that's the, that's the great part of it. Yeah, I think the next horizon then, based on what Court just said, is that we we splinter into factions and we have at it. Maybe we have them different different factions on different sides of town, and we come together and duke it out in the middle of town. Dylan studies south. Dylan studies <laughs> yeah, northeast. Yeah. Well, there was a there was a great panel on Sunday before the '80s panel on. Um, it was titled "I Read the Scriptures a Lot," and it was two biblical scholars. Uh, and of course, because I'm of what I'm working on now and and looking at John Wesley Harding and its its roots in uh, uh, the wisdom literature of the Old Testament, of course, that was the title of one of the papers. And go back to what uh, 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 Grayley was saying and what Aaron was saying um, about the different perspectives. I mean, these are people that were deeply steeped in in biblical exegesis and 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 genetic criticism within the Bible. And I mean, that was just a. a, a completely inspiring to see that and i'm was, and that, inspiring. Stephen, was that Stephen hassan arnoff did was he one of them no Stephen he wasn't arnoff, on that he um, wasn't, he was on no it was, it was henning, oh. henning Emil, magnuson and jeffrey lamb yeah oh. and it was just two folks so they were able to speak for oh, a lot oh. longer oh yeah and i walked away from that saying i will never master this kind of yeah, interaction between Dylan and the Bible. I'm never going to master this, but I learned so much from That's it. Interesting. Yeah. We should probably say something about the musical components to the conference too, since that's one of the things that make Dylan conferences distinct from most academic conferences that, that we're familiar with attending. And I like that element uh, too. I mean, some of the stuff at Keynes was very sparsely populated and they must be rethinking the idea of making some of those Dylan only folks or I don't know, whatever the VIP switchyard uh, version was. But the John Fulbright, which was a full house, so it must have been open to the public. Uh, that was a really fun show. I enjoyed that. And Happy Trom was fantastic. What great stories he had. And Margot Price, who truthfully I knew nothing about, but I'm so glad that they arranged that talk. Jeff Slate uh, uh, and Margot Price had a really interesting talk. She had she brought a musical perspective and a young woman's perspective to Dylan, which was refreshing. And then they played a couple songs together, which were gorgeous. So that's one of the things I always look forward to and and uh, and generally not disappointed by are the musical elements of of the Dylan conference. And that was a success. Margot Price singing Oh Sister. That was one of the highlights for yeah. me. It really was. That was just stunning. Yeah. And I thought the Happy Trom presentation was amazing. You know, and, and my ride down down to the uh, the first floor in the elevator with him was quite the event, too. Nice. <laughs> Took us about 20 minutes with all the people. Uh -huh. <laughs> for the Shania Twain concert. Is that, that what was... they were there for? I didn't know about that. And then... I saw people who were in their getups for the concert. Yeah. And I was out to eat and I, they were talking about it. At, I think it was like Chimera. They were like rolling their eyes, talking about the, and I'm like, I said out loud, 
oh, that's what that was. And they all started <laughs> laughing behind the counter. I, uh, I thought it was just a crazy series of bachelorette parties. That's, that's exactly what I thought what it was. was. That's what I thought it was. Bachelor, big bachelorette party. But no, it, that's nice. She has foamers. That's nice. What else was positive? What else did you like? I, lo I loved Aaron's paper. I would like to say again, I learned from every line. And you put so much ardor into that. And I will remember that forever. I appreciate that. I would like to see more. I would like to see more diversity in the attendees also. It was the same usual suspects at almost every talk that I attended. I'm not in a bad way, but it, still, I would like to see some way to get. It's a difficult trip and it's an expense. It's really not that accessible an experience. For, and I was a lot, I went to the uh, center several times and you could have fired a cannon through there. I thought that it would be quite packed. I went on Sunday after after the conference, and it was packed. Oh, was it? Oh, that's yeah, good. There were a lot of people, and a lot of people from that's the good. local Bob Dylan. Oh, that's were good. There, um, yeah. So that they did go, and there was a a discount. I mean, the tickets were something like fifteen bucks, and they, right. they let you in for nine. I think. Um, yes, that was the only connection between the world of Bob Dylan and um, the Bob Dylan Center that I did. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting. I mean, you know, speaking of usual suspects, here's six of us right here. Um, you know, there were a lot of people I knew that you knew. I mean, there's a few people I met for the first time at the conference. I, but the I keep making the comparison to 2019, I guess, because my expectations were were driven by, by that yeah. first world of Bob Dylan. And that one, one of the things I found fascinating was there were a ton of people there. There were 500 people, but many of them were not academics in any way. Oh, not at all. It was like a convention. It felt like a, I used to go to Star Trek conventions, and it felt like that. And that was a great feeling. That was nice. Yeah. Being talking about shows. It was like fans, standing around with fans. You talked about shows you've been to and all this crap. Yeah, I missed that. That was a fine fan energy that I missed this yeah. time around. I mean, there were fans, but they weren't. It wasn't that we didn't have that. It energy. wasn't the same. Right. No, no. I also missed the tote bag, right, Nina? Oh my god! <laughs> we what were they thinking? Oh, yeah. You thought you get a tote bag? You think? Uh, Jesus. Well, this is the only conference yeah. I've been to where you can buy a poster and a and a t shirt, which I still find odd, but I did make the purchase this year. They may have priced themselves out of uh, some of that uh, that market too. You know, I mean. Uh, I mean, started off at two hundred or two twenty-five, yeah, and that was very, an early bird oh, special. Very expensive. And, and so you cut off, you know, grad students or people who don't have any kind of institutional support, yeah. and you put you cut off the casual fans who think, yeah. "Oh, I would go to that, but eh, I can't afford yeah. that kind of price." So that's another one of the. One of the, uh, you know, we're having our postmortem from the sidelines, but I assume there are postmortems going on in the brain center of yeah, uh, the yeah. Dillon Institute, and they must be questioning some of that as well. well. I'm hoping that maybe someone over there listens to the Dillon Taunts, and we can contribute to that in our way. Yeah, I'm a strong advocate for making Tulsa 
and the history of Tulsa, the root of the entire experience, making that the glue that that holds us together. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I really don't. And that's the whole impetus behind the Kaiser Foundation yeah. and the Kaiser family trying to make. And part of me from experiences in other cities have seen this attempt to um impose i guess a cultural life upon because i was there for the week afterwards to do oh, my right, research right. and it was just a desert i mean oh, yeah. to Every- try and impose oh. upon a cultural uh, a, 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 a a city a, a cultural life without the actual kind of economic vitality that generates cultural life is always a difficult game to play and so i can see i i think that um you're right nina in that it would be both intellectually and culturally uh, a wise thing to make tulsa and dylan's placement in tulsa next to the guthrie center near greenwood this the nexus from which the conference in the future generates itself from because i mean after the world of Dylan was gone and Switchyard, if it brought anyone in was gone, that it was, it reminded me of, of, of so many places that I've seen before where you've got benefactors who are like, you know, well, I'm not going to uh, uh, invest in uh, infrastructure or anything like that, but I'll impose this rich cultural life by, and I can't, uh, uh, criticize that because it's given us this wonderful archive. It's given us this wonderful center, but, it's very hard to maintain uh, energy around that. Yes. I get the feeling that COVID really did a number on Tulsa. I feel like there's a lot of upward trajectory in the late teens that kind of got slowed down. Um, but I, I, I agree with what Nina was saying too. I think, I think centering that is good. And I, I want to be clear, clear. I don't think that the necessarily there's these huge issues. I think there's ways it could be improved upon that we're already there a little bit more centering on a welcome kind of, this is what we're doing. Um, I don't think there was that very many, there wasn't very many spaces to congregate or, or kind of gather oh. that was, that was a complaint oh, I heard a lot. Was, uh, yeah. Um, something like that could, could really just, I mean, it, it could be next time a completely different con, you know, and a tote bag. I, I agree. A tote bag would, and a sticker. Yeah. But I think, Court, that's a good point, because they had that Switchyard magazine launch, which seemed like a kind of welcoming thing. And maybe had they moved that to the open and explained what Switchyard was, that would have given us more of a, you know, feeling like, you know, a ceremonial opening to the conference. And then we would understand what Switchyard was more clearly. They could have engineered more integration between us and the Switch. They really could have. That wouldn't be... You know that that wouldn't be that difficult or or expensive if, to have done that. We all had switchyard badges, and I think that was supposed to be the integration. Yeah, which was confusing. Yeah. I, I came yes, to the it was. Um, yeah. But f- following up on Nina's idea about making Tulsa itself more central to future Bob Dylan conferences, that's all. I like that idea. One of the tricks to do to pulling that off, I think, is making it a grassroots thing in Tulsa. I mean, the idea of people coming from all over the country and world descending on Tulsa to tell Tulsa its history, you know, or explain to Tulsa 
why it matters and how it can that that would be another sort of like rob was saying imposing some kind of cultural authority from without for it to work it needs to you need to uh have a you know galvan a galvanizing event like a, a conference that brings bob dylan scholars and fans enthusiasts to tulsa and then we're there to learn from you know, native Tulsa citizens, uh, uh, what they're, what, what we need to know and don't know, but need to learn right. uh, about, about uh, Tulsa. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to climb up on my soapbox. So I'm going to avoid that. Um, but you know, this is, this is something I'm, I'm fairly passionate about this idea that, you know, what I discovered when I was there last August was that Tulsa is a wounded city, deeply wounded, historically and culturally, and it has room for healing. And it can heal and it may be able to heal through the arts, but there's much that needs to be done. Um, you know, just the disconnect between the arts districts, the arts district and Greenwood. Um, you know, we went over to the Greenwood Center for that one event, but there was no other event that was connected up with Greenwood, which I thought was interesting because um, there's plenty there and they're right next to each other. I mean, the Bob Dylan Center's two blocks from the edge of Greenwood. The edge of Greenwood being a baseball stadium now, but, um, you know, so there's a lot to be done there too. And I, so I think, you know, some thoughtfulness, but I don't think that's something, you know, as everyone's suggesting that that can be imposed from the outside. I think it's, it's got to really come from within and, and I don't know how to get that, how they would get that started, but there's ways. A thing that I came to appreciate, one of the things I learned that I did not know I mean, you talked about Tulsa as a wounded city, and I agree. And if you're looking for the scar, it's that railroad, <laughs> you know, that railroad line that runs through the center of town and that gutted certain communities, uh, much the way the interstate has, you know, in other parts of like Cincinnati, for instance. And Tulsa, you know, there's an interstate that goes through Greenwood there. Yes, exactly. And that these kind of, uh, you know... Uh, uh, large bureaucratic decisions that are made uh, to spare one community and drive a wedge right through the middle of another is on full display, uh, you know, hiding in plain sight if you know how to read the landscape, the topography of Tulsa. And yet that, you know, until I saw or and listened to Natata, Natasha Trethaway's talk, I just thought of it as that hassle of a railroad that I have to walk over a steep bridge to cross from the hotel to the restaurants and bars. I want to hang out in the arts district. And then I realize I'm crossing over this scar of history uh, and giving it, you know, hardly a thought, but uh, that's exactly the kind of thing that could and should be foregrounded in, in a Bob Dylan conference of the significance of where we are and how that story of that city uh, relates to this kind of larger American historical wounds that is largely the subject matter of Bob Dylan's art. Yeah, Tulsa's America is small. Yeah, yeah, you had a whole thing on Dylan and memory and place. Then you have Tulsa centered there. You talk about region. You talk about the creation of memory, the creation of these narratives. It's all right there. Yeah, that might be a smaller group of people. I get that, and that's not necessarily the, the goal. But I think it would be, it would be a very potent mix of uh, of uh, vectors. That's a great idea. Yeah, and that was really well said, Grayley, as well. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Let's talk about happy trauma a little bit because that was a 
that seems to be a high point for for everyone. What, what did you think about Happy Trom's presentation? He's a happy guy. I missed it, but I've seen him before, and he's charming. He's very charming. He gave a musical performance. Did he, what did he sing? I've seen him do a wonderful Buckets of Rain. What did What did he do here? I missed the thing here. What did he sing? You ain't going nowhere. Oh, oh. oh. That was quite the He life. was a friend of mine. Didn't he do that one, too? Oh, did he? Oh, that's nice. I don't want to steal other people's thunder, but there there would be interesting to see if they did more like social social things would be cool. They did that for the beats, right, Aaron? Did they have like a social? I can't remember. Didn't they do like a social at that brewery or something? Yeah, we had that first night, and Nina. Oh, and right, right. Charlie, but yeah, and I think Grayley was there too because we walked over with Grayley. That was that yeah. was the opening night. Um, but yeah, I think having more stuff like that and maybe kind of getting us out right out of the hotel would be nice. Um, but the, I think the one big social thing was the opening of Switchyard where we all kind of congregated in that little hallway and oh. ate, ate the food they, they had out for us, but which was very generous and lovely. Mm. And, you know, but it wasn't conducive to really, you know, being social, I think. Um, but you're right, they did have that meet and greet at the, the brewery that night. Um, I thought Grail's talk was good. I'm going to say that. Um, I think he. I think it was really interesting, and I also felt that more than 2019, Grail uh, was much more accessible, and he seemed, you know, kinder, maybe if that's a word. Um, but because uh, in 2019, I feel like he flew in, he did his talk, and he left, and he didn't really engage. And he walked up to people. He walked up to Harry after Harry's uh, presentation. Um, I saw him nodding um, in Rob and Nina's presentation. And he actually, there was a point you made, Rob, and I don't have my notes in front of me, and I should, but when you made it, he nodded, and then he said something similar in his talk right after. So um, apparently you and Grail agree, but I, I really enjoyed his presentation. <laughs> I agree. I like the Grail Marcus saying I mean, it took him a while to steer the ship toward Dylan like 30 or 40 minutes and so for a while I thought he's made uh, 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 what he's saying is interesting but I don't see what it has to do with Dylan but then eventually he brought it around and I did realize how he was setting up certain points for later in the talk for early and you had made the point uh Aaron when we were walking afterwards and I totally agreed that 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 he he seems to genuinely enjoy being part of this community Right. And, you know, he said something at the beginning, how people bring their A games to this uh, conference that they, you know, that they're not just writing something on 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 the plane or just getting up in front of us and winging it, that people care about the work they're sharing here and they want to do a good job because they care about the people in that audience listening to it. And you got the sense that he identifies as part of that community, that that if there was a kind of prima donna air at, 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 at an earlier uh, conference that that was not the vibe he was giving off uh at this one so that was yeah i agree it, it, yeah he wasn't he wasn't bringing down uh, stone tablets from on high he was down there with us and it was a good talk i i, I liked it a lot yeah, but if you remember, and maybe 2019 was so new that he didn't know what it was, but he told the story before his talk in 2019, also a keynote, that 
um, he was going to do the talk and he called up Bob Dylan and we were like, oh, we don't have that access. How lovely for <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. But this time he didn't talk about himself. He talked about us. And you're right, of being part of the community. And it was much more generous. And it it softened him a lot, for me at least. And I agree, it took him a while to kind of get around to, to Dylan. But I thought it was a really, really interesting and compelling talk. I like the talk too. And I think I think I, I like the I kind of like the fact that he had like a 35 minute. I think I think I think it kind of exploded, you know, expectations and stuff. And I, mean, I like noir. So, uh, you know, I, I think he was taking his time purposefully in a way that was really nice. And he sets it up. And I thought I thought it was I thought it was, I thought it was a very, very, very good, good um, paper presentation. So. World of Bob Dylan 2025, since they're supposed to be doing this every two years. What are you looking forward to? A tote bag. Hanging out with all of you. I mean, definitely a, a yeah. big part of it. I mean, there For are sure. the, the panels. And yes, we will prepare our best work and bring our A game to it. But what I love most uh, are the things outside the panels. Hanging out with uh, Hanging out with you. Hanging out with the Definitely Dylan group, which there's some overlap there and in some ways it's different. I mean, the group here at Dylan Taunts, we're mostly coming from an academic background. A lot of the folks in the Definitely Dylan world are not. And I love having a foot in both of those worlds and an invitation to both of those happy hours. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, yeah, it is it is so enlightening and invigorating and inspiring intellectually, but it's also a lot of fun socially. So I look forward to that for sure. Yeah, I liked meeting the definitely definitely Dylan folks. That I mean, they they brought and I I wouldn't the distinctions between academic and and fan kind of fell away in in my conversations with a lot of folks from that camp that I don't know that graciously came to my talk and and graciously said you know oh what you said was interesting but how about and uh, wow that's a really great point and it was really fabulous yeah all of those folks are so great and then their depth of knowledge is so broad and what they're interested in is so different from what kind of the expectations are uh it's just it's just it's that that's it's the real gem you know that group of people however you want to define it generationally or whatever it is but um no it's it's uh it's a really really wonderful group of people i think that's it it's a really good point court and laura and i had had a conversation that um when we rearranged the furniture in the lobby so we could all sit together um Grayley, were you there for you came in? You were there, right? Yeah, Jim and I came in late because we had gone to Larry, see Larry Campbell. But by the time we got there, it had just broken up. And so we had a cocktail uh, at some place in the arts district, but then made our way back. And so yeah, we 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 uh, inserted ourselves into the conversation that you were already having there. And the but we were saying that there's just this lovely positivity among the Dylan people that, you know, there are different, obviously different groups because of, we, you know, access and who we know, but everyone is so welcoming and supportive. And I think that that makes for just a, a unique conference experience. And so I'm looking forward to that and the panels to see what people are working on and hanging out with you guys and a tote bag. And of course, more white men. <laughs> we don't hear enough of what you guys have to say. <laughs> Uh, let me correct you there, Aaron, and explain uh, what you meant by yeah. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. As always, great to see the crew. Great to see the gang back together again after having just seen you in Tulsa. 
We're going to do this again, this round table. We always enjoy this. It's always a success. So thank you. When you you put this together, Jim, when you put this together and edit it, you should send it to Sean and them. Send them a link. Invite them to here. Yeah. To talk. Why not? Why not? Why not? I mean, it's public. Yeah. That's a good idea. So maybe I won't be seeing you in 2025. Maybe uh, maybe you'll be blacklisted, Jim, and this will be our last. No no one will care that I'm blacklisted. Trust me. (laughs) The Dylan Taunt Six. (laughs) That won't happen. All right. Well, thank you so much again. And this has been wonderful. It was so nice to see everybody. Great to see everyone. Thanks. Good to see you guys. Good to see you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Dillentons Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to have the Dillentons sent directly to your inbox. And share the Dillentons on social media.